series that we started last week uh, on on looking at some of the one another's in Scripture. Last week we talked about uh, that we are called to love one another. In fact, uh, numerous places in Scripture that we're challenged to to love one uh, one uh, one another in Scripture. So we're going to look at another today, another one of the uh, one another's that Scripture has for us. I'm going to start off this way. Uh, my favorite restaurant. Now you're safe here. You don't have to feel compelled to buy a gift card to this restaurant because it no longer is. It's closed. But my favorite restaurant in all the world was the restaurant Carlos O'Kelly's. Anyone with me there? Did anyone love Carlos O'Kelly's? I love Carlos. There's still this one in Topeka. So if you do give me a gift card, I, I can still go to Topeka and eat there. But but I love Carlos O'Kelly's. And in particular, what I loved about that restaurant the most was their salsa. Uh, are you with me there? Their salsa is the best salsa in all the world. In fact, when, when, when we would go there, the first time I went actually was in Topeka before they built the one in St. Joe, and we, we'd drive to Topeka just to go to that restaurant, and, and I, that's, I, the salsa, I mean, I, I would get, uh, uh, bowls of the salsa. In fact, you know, it, it got to, to where when we went, I would tell the waitress, uh, you know, do you want chips and salsa? I said, bring me extra salsa. Uh, and, and, and Rita knew that when we went to Carlos O'Kelly's that, you know, we didn't go there to, to visit. Um, cause, cause I went to eat salsa. Um, now I liked all the, I liked their, uh, fajitas and, and, and other things as well, but, but, oh, I would, I would just tear into that salsa. In fact, it was so bad that we had several friends that we went to Carlos with. They knew it too. In fact, we would sit down. If we, if there was a large group, they would all start pushing their salsa over towards me. Because uh, they knew that that that's what I was going to tear into. In fact, after a while we went there, we, there was a waitress that was uh, actually a very good waitress. She did. Her name was Angie, I believe Molecki. Is it bad that I know her name? Uh, but she was a great waitress. She's one of these waitresses that when your your uh, your diet coke, which you got to have with salsa, was about half full, she would bring another one out, which I love that. So uh, uh, when a waitress takes care of me that way, and 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 she figured out right. Early on, that I wanted salsa. In fact, it got so that when we'd go there, we would ask, "Is Angie working? Uh, we want to be seated with Angie." And when she saw us, she would come out, and she'd have a little, you know, the little teeny bowl that they give you. She'd set that in front of Rita, and she'd put a soup bowl in front of me. I, I, Rita's not here today; she's with grandbabies. But she would testify, and usually that wasn't enough. Uh, even there, I, I love the salsa, and, and, and you know what I loved about. About going there was what was I had the waitress and, and I knew when she worked and so we always had Angie because she served so well she knew my needs and she took care of me and and she made sure that I was taking care and and quite honestly we we tipped very well because we appreciated her service we are in a, a society uh, I don't know if it's necessarily wrong but it's just the reality where we are we're in a society that likes to be served. Uh, uh, in fact, when it comes to whether it's restaurants or grocery stores or or shoe stores or whatever, we we want our service to be be good. We want our service to to meet our needs. In fact, uh, if you don't like it, you can go on a, a number of different sites and give reviews that that the service wasn't good, or or I guess the the positive too that the service was wonderful. We are used to being used to being served. It's just kind of a, something that we've accepted as what our right is. Jesus talks about this idea of service as well. 
but he talks about service kind of from a different angle. His uh, his followers one day were were with him, and Jesus was talking. Now, now probably at this point, it was pretty late in Jesus' ministry, and at this point, his followers were were starting to get the idea, particularly the twelve. They're starting to get this idea and starting to believe that this is going to be pretty cool being close to Jesus because because they knew there was something special about him. They they had figured out, I think at least partially so that he was the Messiah. If not the Messiah, they knew that he was powerful. In fact, they, they had it in their minds, that pretty well convinced that Jesus was someday going to sit on a throne. They assumed it was going to be in Jerusalem. In fact, we know from Scripture that, that a couple of them, it's actually his cousins, James and John, said, hey, Jesus, when you come into your, your, your kingdom, can I sit on the right and, and my brother sit on the left? So, so that's kind of what their mindset was. And really what they were thinking, I believe, in part was, Man, it is going to be cool one day when everything kind of settles in like it's supposed to be and people are going to serve us. And, and so what Jesus said to them one day must have, uh, must have, uh, have floored them, must have uh, caused them to hesitate, must have given them some, uh, some great misunderstanding because one day uh, is recorded for us in, uh, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. One day Jesus said, well, Uh, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And they they must have scratched their heads a little bit. They must have wondered, what in in the world? You came to serve, not to be served? If you have your Bibles with me, open to the book of Galatians. We're we're, we're just going to look at a couple verses there this morning, really kind of look more uh, concept today than we are actually looking at the, the text uh, verse by verse or anything. But, but I want you to look in, in Galatians chapter 5. Now, let me give you just a little bit, just a, a snapshot background of what's happening in the book of Galatians. This, this was a letter that was written to a group of churches. Quite honestly, we're not even sure exactly what group of churches it was. Probably a, a group that Paul had helped uh, uh, found and, and had a closer relationship with. And Paul had written this letter to them because they were going through some struggles. They, they were Gentiles who had been converted to, to Christianity, they were following Jesus, but but in the process, some people had come in, some Jewish Christians, some Judaizers had come in, and, and were telling these new Christians that, well, if you're really going to be a Christian, there's other stuff you got to do. You can't just follow Jesus. You also have to follow the Jewish law. You have to make sure that you uh, keep all the festivals. You've got to know what the rules are and do all of that. And and particularly, kind of was a bummer for the guys was was they were saying, hey, you've got to be circumcised like a Jew was circumcised. So it was really kind of messing them up, and they were just discouraged by it. So Paul, in part, wrote this book uh, establishing who he was, that, that he had authority, that he was an apostle. But, but he wrote this book to, to let them know that, you know what, all you need is Jesus. You don't need that other stuff. You don't have to follow all those other rules. And so in, in Galatians chapter 5, Look at verse 1. This is what he says uh, there. It kind of sums up, if you will, the whole thought of the book. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, don't, don't fall. Before you were, you were slaves to sin, before you were slaves to a, to a way of life that had no meaning for you, that didn't give you anything, he says, don't be, don't become a slave again this time to, to rules and regulations and all that stuff. Don't you know that for freedom, Christ has set you free? 
But then he says over, and this is kind of the key verse, it's there in your notes, uh, verse 13. He, he says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. Kind of repeating what he said there. But do not use your freedom to indulge in your sinful, in your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So, so kind of what he's saying there is, hey, I, I said you're free. That doesn't mean you're just going to do anything you want to do. That doesn't mean like, wow, I'm, I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm covered by God's grace. I can, I can just keep on sinning. And it's no big It's not what he's talking about at all. So don't use your, your freedom for sin. But then he tacks on this kind of odd phrase, I think, kind of an odd place to put it. Hey, you're free. Man, because of what God's done for you, you're free. But serve one another. Serve one another in love. Uh, Paul uses, it's not necessarily a unique word here for serve. There's a couple words he could have used. He could have used the word deaconos, which is where we get the word deacon. We have deacons in the church. But really, a deacon was a servant. Uh, has a little bit more the connotation of ministry or minister, kind of a, but, but he uses the Greek word doulos or doulu, uh, which has the idea of a bond servant. Now, it may not mean a whole lot to us. They would have understood some, understood some of the subtle, um, uh, subtle meanings there. Uh, a, a, a doulos was a bond servant. It was someone that served, that was a servant. It was sometimes described or, or translated slave. But it was someone that was in that position because they chose to be there. They, they put themselves there. They served because it was their heart and their desire to serve. We're going to look this morning just, just briefly at three things that we need to do that, that attitudes, thoughts that we need to have if we're going to be like Jesus. See, our, our ultimate goal is to have the, the mind of Christ. Jesus said, he came not to be served, not to have people take care of him, but he came to see people's needs and to serve, and, and we need to be like that. So here's the first thing. We need to realize our gifts. Uh, keep your um, keep your Bible uh, stuck there in uh, in Galatians, if you will, just to, so you've got that verse handy. But but turn with me over to the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 12. W- one of the struggles that we have in the church... Uh, I've had person after person talk to me about this through my years of ministry. And I'll be quite honest, it's a question that I've had for myself many times growing up in the church and even in ministry is, well, what, what is my gift? What has God given me to do? If we, if we're to realize what our gift is, what is, what is my gift and what does that mean? Look at Romans chapter 12. Start with verse 6. It says there, we have different gifts to believers or he's talking to the church we have different gifts according to the grace given us if a man's gift is prophesying let him use it in proportion to, to his faith if it is serving let him serve if it's teaching let him teach if it's encouraging let him encourage if it's contributing to the needs of others let him give generously if it's leadership let him govern diligently if it's showing mercy let him do so cheerfully uh, if if you will then flip back over uh, a little bit later in the new testament to the book of first peter First Peter chapter four, verses ten and eleven. We we kind of see some similar language this time uh, from from the apostle Peter. There he says this: Each one, again talking to the church, talking to you, talking to me, talking to us. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithful administering faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves. He should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may praise through Jesus Christ. Through Him 
be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We are called, we are called to, from these passages, to realize what our, what our gift is. You, you'll, you'll note there that service is in both of those lists. In fact, in, in Peter it says we're to serve, use our gifts to serve. So, so, so one of the gifts that we can have, and quite honestly, the gift of service can, can be a specialized gift to you, and, and that list in Romans kind of, kind of has two different things. It has specialized gifts, and, and I think it has some, kind of some general gifts there as well. And service is one of this, one of them. Jesus, Jesus realized what his gift was, and he embraced his gift. Jesus embraced this idea of uh, of serving, and he didn't. He didn't have to. Do you realize Jesus was? Scripture t- teaches he was he was fully, and, and it's hard to understand this. In fact, I don't think we can. He was fully human, and yet he was also fully God. So, so when he came, Scripture explains that very, very, very uh, succinctly that Jesus was was human. He was. 100% like us. So when Hebrews tells us that, that, uh, that he was tempted like us with, yet without sin, he knew exactly what it was like to be tempted. He was fully human, and yet he never gave up his deity. He was still God in the flesh. He was the son here. He was fully God, and he was fully human. And if he didn't want to serve, he didn't have to. See, he could have enjoyed his humanity. Jesus, when he came to earth, could have thought, you know what? I've given up an awful lot. In fact, Philippians talks about it that that he gave up heaven to come here. Uh, can, can you imagine what it would be like to give up heaven? Can you imagine what it would be like to give up that that perfection, that 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 beauty to come live on earth? Uh, and yet Jesus gave that up to to take on the form of, of a human. And he could have thought, you know what? Since I'm here, and and, and he knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to go to the cross. He could have said, since I'm stuck being a human, I'm going to enjoy at least as much as I can, my humanity. Now, I don't mean in sin, but but enjoy humanity. I'm going to take advantage of that a little bit. How, how many of you, I know several of you have because you've told me about it. How many of you have ever been on a cruise? Got, got several. How many of you want to go on a cruise? <laughs> I, I, I would highly recommend it. I love, Rita and I have gone on, on several cruises. I, I love going on a cruise uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, usually you're going to cool places, exotic places, uh, uh, you're seeing glaciers if you do the 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 Alaskan cruise, or you're seeing Caribbean if you do do that. Uh, I I love going to cruise, but you you know what? Besides seeing great stuff, you know what's really cool? You're going to agree with me on this. Those who've been about cruising, the service. Oh wow, the service. You know it, you're getting five star treatment on the whole week you're there. Uh, and, and you know what, what what I found fascinating? What what I enjoyed. Uh, we always you have several options, but we do the the, the formal dining, uh, and and so every night you're at the same table. You have the same people you're eating with. You have the same waiters and wait staff. And and the first night you tell them your name, they walk around. What's your name? And they write it down, Mr. Tim, Miss Rita, and, and all around the table. The next night when you walk in, they say, Oh, Rita, how are you doing today, Mr. Tim? How was your day? Did you enjoy your day at sea? And 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 they know. In fact, after the first night when, when I ordered Diet Coke with my meal uh, and Rita ordered tea that night, they, they said, hey, do you want a Diet Coke again tonight, Mr. Tim? And Miss Rita, you, I assume you want tea? And, and uh, It was amazing. I love the fact that they, your every need, in fact, if you got something and you weren't, 
you weren't devouring your food, which was never an issue for me, but, but if you weren't devouring your food, what, the, 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 the waiter would say, is there something wrong with your, your filet mignon, sir? And, uh, uh, would you want me to bring something else? And one guy that we went on a cruise with that, that he and his, he went with his daughter, they would order two or three, uh, entrees every night. They wouldn't eat them all, but just cause they would, they would bring it to them. Uh, the service is amazing. As much as I enjoyed the the wait staff, you know, you know, the one I enjoyed the most was the. And I, I don't t- tell me I, I'm drawing a blank on what you call the, the guys that cleaned your rooms. What what are stewards? Stewards, okay. Again, they would get your name. You'd get up in the morning, go eat breakfast, and you'd come back, and your bed was made. That happens sometimes at home, but. Uh, our rule is the last one out of bed has to make the bed. So, uh, so use them up before Rita, the days that she is, uh, uh, I sometimes do that. But, but, but you leave and, and the cool thing is, I don't know what these, these guys must work 24, 25 hours a day because no matter when you walk down the hallway, that guy's standing, isn't he? Unless he's in a room cleaning, he's standing there in the hallway and, and he knows you, Mr. Tim, how are you doing today? Miss Rita, it's good to see you again. And, and if you took an afternoon nap, which maybe I did a couple times on my cruise. When, when you when you left to go to supper, you came back. Your your bed was made again, and and not only that. And is this the coolest thing? The towels. Oh, on on in your room there would be a towel that would be made into. One day it was a monkey, and uh, uh, and, and I think that time it was hanging in the bathroom, and then making it all these different animals. And and on my pillow would be a little chocolate. Rita does that for me every night. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. But wow, the service! Jesus, Jesus could have enjoyed his humanity in requiring, and he was the Son of God. He 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 affected people's lives. He knew rich people. Matthew was a tax collector that was wealthy. And was one of his followers. He had all kinds of context. Zacchaeus was a wealthy tax collector that, that became a follower. Jesus had all kinds of people that had means. And had Jesus wanted to say, hey guys, can you make sure that my life is easy? Jesus could have done that. Uh, and yet, he didn't. He also could have exploited his deity. I, I find it, I find it amazing. Uh, I would not have been a very good Jesus <laughs> for lots of reasons. But, but I would have exploited. Man, if I was deity, I would have exploited that. Jesus, Jesus could have had all the ease that his deity could have provided for him. Uh, not want to worry about what your meal is. Jesus could have looked at a rock and turned that into a steak. Jesus, Jesus could have, instead of sleeping uh, out in the open when he got ready to go to bed at night, could have snapped his fingers. Suddenly there was a hotel room there. Jesus, Jesus, could have done that, but he didn't exploit his deity. Instead, Jesus embraced his gift, and his gift, or one of the gifts that he gave, was the gift of service. And and so, church. Then, what we must do is uncover and co- uncover our gift. Now, let me say that kind of generically. That is a challenge for us to figure out what what our specific gifts are. What what has God gifted me to do? And, and, and once I figured out, use it for him. But, but the reality is, 
God has called each one of us. We see that from Scripture. Called each one of us to serve one another in love and to use that gift for him. Uh, when, when we attended church at Central Christian Church there in St. Joe, uh, in, in our Sunday school class we were talking one day, and, and Reed and I had noticed, um, it started noticing as we pulled up in the parking lot every Sunday, we started noticing this car. I, I think it was one of these, I think they're little smart cars, they're just they're about this long and about this wide, just a little bitty thing, but, it, but, but what we really noticed about it was it was painted like a ladybug. It was red with black spots all over. It looked exactly like a ladybug. In fact, we, we noticed that one day, one Sunday, like, what is that? And we thought maybe someone had flowers at the church. And, but the next Sunday it was there again and the next. And, and so we talked, every Sunday we'd pull up that car and be there. And we, we began to joke with one, what kind of person drives a ladybug around? And we kind of kidding, like, man, that is weird. And so one Sunday, we, we were in Sunday school class, and it was either before class or after class. I don't even know how it came up. We got talking, and, and someone said, it probably was, was, uh, was me, someone said, yeah, have you guys seen that car in the parking lot that looks like a ladybug? And before I could say, that is weird, a lady in our class, Diane Massey, now, um, Katie, do you know Diane? Yeah, she worked in American Family. I thought you probably, you know the car? Yeah, yes, you do. Uh, uh, but before I could say, wow, that must be, that is weird, she said, that's my car. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's a nice car. <laughs> but what was interesting was the story behind it. Um, uh, they won that car. Uh, and, and the way they won it, I think it was Seven Up. It may have been it may have been Coke or something else, but but one of the the soft drink beverage uh, had some kind of uh, a special deal. And and the requirement was you look under the cap, you uncover the cap, and there's a code, and you go online and put the code in. And and they did that and won a car. Uh, I see those bottles all the time. I, when she said that, I thought I've done it. I've never taken the time to do that. They uncovered it, and they won a car. Church, um, if we're going to realize our gift, if we're going to, um, if we're going to start embracing Jesus was and being like Him, then one of the things we have to do is 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 take the wrapper off. We're going to have to uncover. We're going to have to look under the cap a little bit with what our spiritual walk is to be. Now, now specifically, and this is not the sermon today to try to figure out what your gifts. All your gifts are, but but at least uncover the, how you can use the gift of service in serving other people. We we need to, and this was we see with Jesus. We need to also recognize the the need. See, Jesus Jesus had the eyes of a servant. In um, in John thirteen, you guys probably know this story. Jesus um, Jesus washed the feet of a. Uh, of his disciples. Uh, do, you, do you remember that story? It's, it's right before the Last Supper. They got there. Jesus, it says, went up and got a, 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 a jar of water and a towel, and he, he started to wash his disciples' feet. Have, have any of you ever been a part of one of those? Uh, have you ever had, had that displeasure of being a part of a, a you have, now maybe you enjoyed it, Jeannie. I, I, I've been a part of one of them. It is, it is strange. <laughs> uh, it's now, now, when people have done that, it, it's kind of trying to serve the purpose and show the reality of what, what happened there. But, but the times I've been, it's like, man, this is weird. I've got to take my shoes off. And, 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 
And we had a guy come to our church one time, and he did. Man, I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed for myself. I was embarrassed for him, the taking my shit off and washing my feet, and 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 yet for Jesus, it wasn't it wasn't a stunt. Um, he he did. Now there was a, a little bit of. Of, of the reason he did it was to, to set an example. Because uh, then, you know, he said that. He said, hey, you, you need to wash each other's feet. But the, the reason Jesus did that night is they, they got there for the Passover meal. Now, this doesn't apply to us. That's why foot washing is not a big deal for us. But for them, it, it, it should have been standard. When, when his disciples went and got the upper room prepared for the Passover feast, that should have, they should have thought of that small detail because they had been walking the dusty roads of of, of Judea and, and around Jerusalem, what, one of the first things you had done as you stepped into that room would have been to have someone there, a, a, a servant or a slave, to wash your feet. It was an act of, of courtesy. It was, it was something that needed to be done. And Jesus noticed that night that it hadn't been done. So, so he washed feet because he saw, he saw the need. He saw what needed to be done. See, Jesus had the eyes of a servant. We see that we see that in scripture over and over and over again that Jesus saw needs. See, Jesus could have been only about preaching and have been fine. I mean, he came to share the good news. He came to preach uh, uh, the, the word of God. So obviously what Jesus said was powerful, important. He could have been only about preaching his word, but but he also had eyes that were open to the needs of those around him. When he fed the 5,000, do you remember that story? It was late in the day, and Jesus realized that they had a long walk home, and they'd been there all day long with nothing to eat. And he thought, you know, I need to do something about it. When Jesus saw and spoke to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he looked past his need for water and, and actually for food that he'd sent his disciples into town to find food he, he saw this lady whose heart was broken whose life was in ruins this lady who had no self-esteem and no purpose in life and was struggling he, he looked past that and he offered her living water uh, when when mothers would bring their children to jesus jesus didn't push them away because i have more important things to do he realized how powerful it was for those families, for him to embrace those kids, to pick them up and hold them and, and bless them. And, and Jesus did this over and over and over again. He had the eyes of a servant. So church, does it, does it not make sense that we, we need to have the heart, we need to have the heart of the master. We need to have a heart just like Jesus. Bob Russell says this, he says, the world honors the powerful, the rich, and the famous. But God honors the bent knee, the broken heart, and the wet eye. The, the notion that, 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 that we uh, should want to have our needs met should be changed with how can I meet someone else's need? How can I look past myself and see the need that someone else has. Am I willing to go where they are and meet their need? Uh, I, I mentioned uh, uh, a while back that when I was in high school, I worked at McDonald's. Uh, anyone here besides AO work at McDonald's? Hey, uh, great place to work. 
most of the McDonald's, in fact, all the, all the managers that I worked with at McDonald's had all been former employees. Every one of them except one. And I don't know why I remember his name. Maybe it's because he hadn't worked there before. A guy named Mike McIntosh. Mike McIntosh was a manager at McDonald's for one reason. He married the owner's daughter. And he had lost his job somewhere else, and so he had a job now as a manager at McDonald's. And, and Mike was a funny guy, uh, and I don't mean that uh, jokester-wise. We, we laughed at Mike behind his back because he, he might have done fine on the books. He might have done fine on ordering products and stuff like that. But, but when it came to, to, the, to managing what my job was, Mike was terrible at it because he had never actually worked there. And so... It's changed now. It's not like that. But back when, when I worked there, you'd make uh, uh, 12 hamburgers at a time or, or, or six Bix, Big Macs at a time or, or quarter paddles at a time. And they'd, you remember they had the, 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 the little tray there and all that food would be there. So, so that used to be fast food. You'd walk in, and, I mean, before you got your, your money out and your change uh, back, I mean, you'd have your food there. It was really cool. And, uh, but, but the job of the manager was to stand there in part and order the cook's to, to put down food, you know, you, you didn't want to run out of hamburgers or cheeseburgers or or filet of fish sandwiches or whatever. So his job was to anticipate how many people were coming, how many were there, and order that. So so Mike was notorious for messing that up. He would either not have enough food, or or that bin would be just stacked full of food because he had no idea what he was doing. And I remember one particular day we were a little short of food, and he got all upset and he comes running back behind the behind to the grills and started to show us how to do our job. And we just stepped back like, okay. It took, about, uh, it took about one minute for him to realize that he was out of his, his element. And he, uh, he went back around. You know why? Because he didn't know what it was like. And, and in fact, I, I could have said, Mike, you'd have been a much better manager if you just spend a week. Just spend a week doing our job. Just come back here and do what we do. See it from where we are, and you'll understand your job. That's exactly that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus had eyes for those in need. And so, guys, what we need to do, it's really simple. We need to open, we need to open our eyes. God gives us opportunity after opportunity. And, and then simply we need to open ourselves to be willing to serve and to serve one another. And, and finally, we need, to, uh, we need to reach our potential. That, that, that's true of us as individuals and it's true of us as a church, Jesus, Jesus literally gave his all. Do you realize? Do you realize that Jesus had choice? He could have skipped the cross. Now he would have missed what he was sent here for. But but Jesus could have said that that, that last few weeks of his life, as he was heading from from Galilee down to Jerusalem for the Passover. When he had already been warned that, hey, they're going to nail you if you go to the past. If you show up in Jerusalem, they're going to arrest you. Jesus, literally, because he was human, as well as God, had the choice to say, you know what, I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip the Passover this year. Once he was there the night of his betrayal, for, for some, some reason they knew, uh, Judas knew that Jesus was going to be in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus could have skipped the Garden. You know what, I'm going to throw a curve instead of going to the Garden tonight. I'm going to go somewhere else to spend the evening and and when Judas showed up, there would have been no one. Jesus literally could have chosen to skip the garden, but he reached his potential because he gave it all. And we must then simply give our all 
give ourselves. I was reading this week, as we finish here this morning, I was reading this week a story about a, a, a lady named Sheena. Sheena was talking about uh, her, her contact with a group of ladies. She says she ran across these ladies at a convention that she was working. And, and as she was talking about these ladies, she said, these ladies are amazing. She was there to, to, to work a booth, and, and these ladies were there to serve. And, and, and they were, were identified as being ladies that, that served the church. And, and so she was talking about in a blog that she did, this group of ladies that met her needs. And she said, it was amazing. These ladies, if, if I needed something, they would run and get me a cup of coffee. Or if I needed a, a sandwich, they would, they would just go get it. They, they showed up, loved on me. Not only that, so they showed up and they, they, they just listened. They talked and asked how I was doing and said, it was amazing. These, these church ladies that, that showed up and, and cared about me. She said, you know, what was one of the coolest things is, is they were making these t-shirts and, and they gave me one of the t-shirts that day. She said, she said, it was, it was a cool t-shirt and, and not only was the shirt cool, but, but, but they kept telling me the, what was on the shirt. They kept saying that to me. And, and then she said what the t-shirt said. The t-shirt said, Jesus loves porn stars. See, Sheena was a porn actress. The convention she was working was a convention for, for porn, uh, pornography in the pornography industry. And, and the group that was there was a group of people that worked for a, an organization called the Triple X Church. It's not as bad as it sounds. It is a group of people that love on people caught up and trapped in the pornography industry and tell, and tell them that Jesus loves even porn stars. And she went on and on how these ladies showed her love and met her needs and served her and told her that Jesus even loves porn stars. In, in the book of 1 John, we'll close with these verses. We're told there in, in chapter 3, verse 16 and, and following, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. That's, that's what Jesus said. I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us love, not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. Church, we are called, we are called to serve one another in love. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you've given us the, the, the privilege and the right to be called your sons and daughters. Father, we thank you for the example that Jesus gave, the, the example to love. Uh, Jesus could have, Jesus could have had an attitude when he was here of, of one that, that I'm deserving. He could have used his humanity to, to enjoy that. He could have just hung on to his deity and, and said, you know, let me make life easy. But Father, he had a, a heart of service. And when he saw people in need, when he saw situations, his heart broke for those. Father, give us as a church today, give us as a people, as believers, a heart like Jesus, a heart that says, I will serve, I will serve in love in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're here this morning, 
and uh, you don't know the Lord Jesus went to the cross to die for you. To Jesus went to the cross to to die for us. He gave him his his very self, gave his all for us. Our call then is to give our all for him. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus. We'd encourage you to come. If you're here this morning. And you need to be challenged, you need to be prayed for, you need to be encouraged to serve. We would ask you to come as we stand and sing.